Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio, reminding you that the choice is yours. I'm Dr. Dream with my co-host Ilya Nabatovsky, and now on with the show. Welcome, everyone. Tonight is... (laughs) Just allow me to just move through this in my flow. Tonight is the February... is Tuesday, February 21st. And you have found yourself, one way or another, at Dream Reality New Earth Radio. I am Dr. Dream, and my co-host... And I am Ilya Nabatovsky. Dr. Dream, another week. How are you, brother? Oh my gosh, I'm. Uh, you know, I am so good. I'm just. I. I'm. It. Thank goodness for my skin because I would just be all over the place. I'm. I am. I'm. I'm just having. I'm. I was going to say I'm having a day. I'm having one of those great days. But I want to rephrase that, and and share that I'm having a life. I'm having one of those great lives. <laughs> I love it, brother. It's. It's the perfect time to have a great life. <laughs> you got that. That is, it There's is definitely no, the perfect time for it. <laughs> there is definitely no better life than this one. Oh, thank goodness. And just the recognition of that then creates a reflection that is even stronger of of that energy. Oh my God! And you know, just with all of these experiences happening and. You know, you and I were talking a little while ago about some of the experiences that you've had in your perfect, amazing life that <laughs> I'm sure just made it even more perfect and amazing. So please enlighten the audience and everybody that is listening about your perfect, amazing, wonderful experience. You know, it's so funny. There's a part of me that constricts when you say I have a perfect life, and this is for further processing later. Um, but all things being in divine perfection as they are, I just returned two hours ago from a trip to Northern California. I left uh, six days ago, and first stop um, on the trip was right up to uh, Mendocino County, where I went to see Maya in her fifth grade play as the Oracle of Delphi. Now, this is really it. The, the play was called Pythagoras, about Pythagoras. Um, but this was particularly meaningful because Maya's mother, Krista, and I um, went to Delphi outside of Athens in Greece and went to the place where the oracle would stand um, breathing the fumes coming from the inner core of the earth and go into a trance state and and then just sort of spout off whatever uh, the oracle was sharing. And so it was really cool to be there with Krista and her boyfriend Tyler and and um, 
her other daughter and and all these people and and to be watching Maya um, as the Oracle. And I got to tell you, for a fifth grade play, these kids had a lot of lines to learn, and it was wonderful. Wow, I can't believe that Maya is already in fifth grade. Um, I just remember, you know, helping her with her homework back when she was in third grade, and I feel like it was just yesterday. <laughs> it is amazing, and to watch her um, and the the young lady that she is blossoming into, um, my heart. Uh, I mean, my voice is um, uh, I, my. I, it's just very touching. It is it it is an aspect of my experience that um I am so very grateful for. Now, I have to tell you that, you know, and I'm sure you feel it based on how I just described this, that would have been enough to make the trip incredibly wonderful. But but we we went some extra steps. So in addition to the play, I spent um, a few nights there um, on up at Blue Lakes in Mendocino, which is one of my favorite areas. My cell phone works like uh, terribly there. The Internet is incredibly slow, and it's all an excuse just to get me to slow down. And so that was beautiful and wonderful and always um, just revitalizes my, you know, my connection to source energy being there. But then Maya and I left there on Saturday and we went off on an adventure on our way back to Ventura. And the first thing we did on Saturday is we went to the home of some Facebook friends of ours uh, that were involved in an auto accident on January 4th, head-on collision. A drunk driver hit them head-on. And for, I guess it was four or five weeks, they were in the hospital. They got home a week before we arrived at their home. Um, they're in wheelchairs, uh, but only for like the next month and a half or two months. Um, I, I just, I didn't know them before I put an announcement on Facebook saying we're coming to Santa Rosa, we'd love to do something. If you want to see us, contact us. And they're the only ones that contacted me. And I thought, well, <laughs> synchronicity, you know, you don't need to hit me upside the head. Um, this is this is for, for Paul and Micah. And um, we got there uh, uh, angeling um, for the series of galactivations we did in the last few days. Of course, my daughter Maya, um, who's been an angel with us before, and... Um, Jake was there, uh, my dog Jake. And so um, I had them get into their hospital beds in the middle of the living room, and we did a galactivation experience. I mean, Ilya, you you know what it's like, and, you know, you've been there with 100 people. You've been there with me with one person. Um, this was so powerful and so much love. And, I mean, the energy was over the top, and I am I am so inspired by by Paul and Micah and their attitude. I mean, you know, I walked in there carrying, you know, the baggage I carry sometimes. We all do, you know, and and it 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 was a short um release time for me to just let go of my stuff watching them and saying, you know what, look look at look at what they're dealing with and look at the the level that they're dealing with this ad, they, and they're just right there, and it was so powerful and so wonderful, and I was just like, whoa, this is great. And then we drove to Marin, to Mill Valley, and we stayed with our very good friend, David. I just love David. Um, 
you met him. He he was at the um, small the galactivation Francisco. we did in San Francisco. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember that. So how so did that, that go? It was great. I love David. He's got um, artainment, and you know he's the one that we're looking at running uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium for three days with, and. Um, to do, you know, a, a huge experience. And, and he, again, an inspiration, energy that just, that, that like, I'm so comfortable when I'm with him. He's, he just takes care of us. Um, I've stayed there before. It's awesome. Jake, he's, he, he loves having Jake there. Um, and this, he got to meet Maya finally. And you know me. I mean, anytime I can, um, you know, be introducing Maya to people and, and having her meet people that I love so dearly. Um, so that was beautiful. And then we left there on Sunday morning, went into San Francisco to my friend Beth's place. Um, she lives in the most beautiful little carriage house behind a really nondescript apartment building. And she's got, I mean, it's so freaking cool what she's got going and she had eight people there and we did a galactivation i met beth saturday before the uh man burned at burning man she came to our galactivation and we've done some phone calls and she invited her closest friends and whoo again just really just took me there and felt so good and it was really sort of like the the prelude or the foreplay if you will to uh me presenting awards at the best of raw award ceremony that uh, Laura Fox and her team put on in San Francisco. And um, again, it you know, just talk about hanging out with passionate people and just being inspired everywhere I went, turned my head. And, and of course, you know, the samples of all the kale chips in the world, my dear friend Blessing from uh, Blessings Kale Chips and, and uh, Justin, who's got I, all these people. And every conversation was just like hugging my soul, you know, and it was just like, God. And then we went back to David's house that night and I, I'm just on a roll here. I'm not, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just this energy. So we went back to David's house and the next day we left. Uh, that was yesterday morning. Maya and I and Jake drove to Monterey. We went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. I will post more pictures, but I will tell you, I could spend days in the jellyfish exhibit. It's just like so psychedelic and soothing and just pleasant to watch. And it was just like, whoa. And then that ended up being the prelude to a galactivation in Monterey with uh, my dear friend Nicole, who found me at Burning Man last year. And and uh, her significant other and her mother was there and, and Lisa Rose and some other people I just adore. And it was it was incredible last night. I mean, the fireplace was going. Everyone was comfortable. They have a Tempur-Pedic mattress in the middle of the living room. I mean, you know. Like, oh, my God. I love Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> and and, and it's, it was nice, Ilian. And I know you know what it's like. We used to do galactivations, and, and we do it, and then we're in, we're in a center that we're paying for, and the, the owners are always looking at us like, could you pack up your crystals and kind of get out of here? I want to go home to my families. Well, we stayed at Nicole's and Jeff's place in Monterey last night. And so we got to hang out and just talk and just share. And, you know, so it's like for me that the, the theme in the last week has just been 
inspiration and 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 just the passion of 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 people that are are doing what they came here to do and Ilya you know that that that's all it takes to just put me over the top and so that's the experience I've been having Oh that's so beautiful brother I'm so happy to hear that I mean I know personally there has been so many shifts happening especially in the month of February, and I know you've been feeling it. I certainly have <laughs> been feeling it, and I know many other people that I've been speaking to are feeling extremely big shifts, and, you know, it, it, it really is a blessing to have these kinds of experiences to lift you out of experiences that are less than comfortable, as you say, and it, it really is truly remarkable. Um, that you also got a chance to go to the Best of Raw Awards, which is an amazing synchronicity because as I was going through these incredible shifts that we haven't talked about, but um, I'll tell you, it was intense. And while I was, you know, sitting at home and going through my... I was doing, I was watching videos of David Wolf and raw food. and <laughs> And it's just amazing now that you bring this up and all just comes together full circle. So I love it, brother. Amazing. It is. I mean, these are the times. And and I will tell you, you know, just surround myself with people that are on their path and are so open and so into the collaboration and and sharing and, and just being at that peak level of who they came here to be. And, you know, i got to tell you, this takes me right into our guest tonight. Um, I've known Laura Fredrickson for, I don't even know how long, because as I was saying, this, this is obviously not a canned intro. As I was saying that, I started thinking, well, gee, how long have you actually known Laura Fredrickson? And part of me said, oh, lifetimes. <laughs> and the other part of me said, it doesn't really matter uh, exactly this lifetime, but suffice it to say that... Um, I have experienced Laura's um, play. I was going to say work, but, you know, I don't really use that word. So it's the play that she puts out to the world. And I was so impressed the first time that um, I saw her do this, and it was at um, Elevate at the uh, Jedi Retreat um, a couple of New Year's ago. And um, we had, Laura and I had already talked about collaborating on some stuff, but I went up to her afterwards and I was just like, oh my gosh, what you do is so amazing and it has touched me so deeply. And then beyond all of this about, you know, the professional aspect of who Laura Fredrickson is, I absolutely love her for who she is on a personal level. And, and, and I love her for her heart. And so, you know, it's like I come back from this trip of being like totally inspired and brought into my passion through other people's passion. And I get to be here with you, Ilya, which, which I absolutely love. And now I'm, introducing Laura Fredrickson. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm I've I've slipped into a blessed flow in my life. Laura, are you are you with us? I am so with you. <laughs> I am so with you. Oh, just so humbled and deeply touched by your introduction. Thank you so much for that. And I love you so dearly and I'm so grateful and honored for the privilege to share time with both of you and of course your incredible audience. So thank you, thank you. 
this is really uh, special tonight. I mean, anytime that anytime that I get to connect with you, Laura, it's special. But but being able to um, you know put this out there in in a way that we know um, Source Energy um, gets to play with this recording. Um, you know, for however long into the future, and and it's just nice to know that that people are going to be able to connect with the Laura Fredrickson, whose connection in my life has has shifted so much. But I got to tell you that, I mean, I'm not the only person that 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 um, you know talks like this about you. I mean, this is truly who you are. I mean, you must get feedback like this all the time. Mm. Uh, from time to time, <laughs> but I, I, I never, I, I never cease to be humbled. And um, you know, it, it, I've said it before, and I have to say it again. Um, you know, it's funny. The word intellectual property has been coming up uh, recently in conversations and in my life, and I just had such a deep, uh, deep laugh about it the other day because you know we're all, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we're all plagiarizing spirit, hopefully. And so uh, on that note, um, I truly feel that I'm a vessel to receive the information that's coming through me. Um, I've had a privilege of living an incredibly rich life. And with that said, you know, when I, when I do get paid compliments, I certainly receive them. And um, I, I will just say that uh, I, they still remain fresh each time I hear them. So thank you. Dr. Dream, are you still with us? <laughs> I'm right Did I blow away? <laughs> I'm, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm powerful enough to talk over my mute button. Um, and I imagine that there will be a time that that is a reality. Apparently not this evening. Um, <laughs> I thought my response had just stunned you into absolute silence. So. <laughs> I was just going off about all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I'm like, Ilya, why are you interrupting me? <laughs> all right, we're 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 all good now. Um, our topic tonight is self-worth beyond net worth. And I, I want to give just a little bit of information about Laura. Um, uh, you are an evolutionary leader, a catalyst, and you are founder of Priceless, which is a premier consulting business. And Laura has successfully enriched the experience of individuals, corporations, companies, and foundations for the past decade. So this is this is nothing new for her. And this is territory that she knows so very well. And um, you really have a knack with with your clients. And I know this because I've turned to you a couple of times uh, myself for the reflection that you so beautifully offer up. And, and so I, I want us to just, before we get into to the self-worth beyond net worth, I, I want us... I, I, I invite you to introduce us to to priceless and and you know what brought you to this point. Mm. Yes, happily. I um <clears throat> I will just begin by saying that, that, that my life past has had a very strong undercurrent um of the subject of money. Uh, I was born into um, uh, a family. My parents uh, got pregnant with me um, on the pill, so let me just say how committed I am to being here. (laughs) I exceeded the um, (laughs) 99.9% effectiveness rate of the birth control pill. 
Um, but yes, they they um, were very very poor when they had me and decided to make a vow, uh, literally on their wedding day, that they would evade taxes and uh, to to basically survive at this point. And if they ever got caught, they would head off into the hills and kill themselves. So unbeknownst to me, uh, for the next 28 years of my life, I was in an experience that was deeply rooted in fear and scarcity mentality. And um, although my parents were deeply, deeply in love, um, the the engine that was running that dynamic was was uh, once again based in, in extreme fear. And so I had that experience uh, in my whole entire life and not really knowing um, what was going on there and knowing that it was attributed to money. So I, um, I ended up actually losing my parents on the 13th of November of 1997. I was actually with them and was in deep conversation with them for six weeks from the time that they were initially arrested until the time uh, that they did end up taking their own lives and was in an ongoing conversation with them, um, certainly championing them to actually be free for the first time in their life. And so here was the irony that um, as I was getting older, my father would talk to me about financial freedom. And it was it was quite ironic, and I find this to be the ultimate, their story to be the ultimate zeitgeist of what's happening in our culture right now, especially in our American culture. Um, but basically had accumulated <clears throat> quite a bit of wealth. In fact, I should speak into that that uh, my father ended up trading in the stock market and uh, planted a money seed that grew and grew and grew into millions of dollars, um, most of which was all on the stock market. And uh, even though he had what would relatively seem to be a quote-unquote free lifestyle, uh, he was a prisoner of his own mindset of fear and, um, you know, certainly the scare of being caught. So flash forward to the six weeks of uh, time that I was actually with my mother and father as they were in this deep, deep quandary about what their choice was going to be. Because it's one thing to sit with a decision, and it's another to be actually faced with it. And so in my conversations with them, I, I definitely had a very strong sense that this was a divine opportunity for them to truly be free for the first time in their lives. They had enough money. They could have gone forward. Um, from a civil standpoint and just, you know, voluntarily paid their back taxes and on and on. But what, what really came out of that was a deep, deep understanding of, you know, really my father and his, his choices. He was an incredibly benevolent man but did not believe in the government and did not believe in the way that it was um, actually allocating his funds as a taxpayer. And I remember him telling me, you know, Laura, I am happy, happy, happy. Um, to be able to have a multiple choice, if you will, to be able to say, you know, I'm going to really generate my money towards, let's say, um, supporting the homeless, or I'm, I'm definitely into, you know, things that have to do with animal rights. And he was, like I said, a very, very benevolent man, but he certainly didn't want to fund um, improvements for, uh, we'll just say, toilet seats for the Army. That was one example that he gave. So in that six weeks of time that I was with him, once again, um, it was very clear and apparent to me that he was being given a, a really supreme choice to free and liberate himself in a way that he had never been in his life. And I would say about three or four weeks into that six-week period, I realized that um, it was not a choice or a direction that he was going to make. Um, and he was actually uh, involving me and in trying to get me to get it done and, and to be a part of their whole process. So... Um, at that point, I, I told both my parents that, you know, I, I didn't want to be a part of that at all energetically. 
um, if they did decide to to uh, stay living, that I would support them 100% in any way that I could. So on the 12th or 13th of November, um, they actually disappeared for nine months, uh, at which time I was in a, in a deep um, grieving state. Um, I absolutely knew that they had been harmed to themselves. My friends that were closest to me uh, certainly were trying to convince me otherwise and saying that my father was a genius and surely he'd stashed some money overseas and or they'd fled to Mexico. And I just, you know, said over and over and over and reiterated that they had absolutely done harm to themselves. And uh, I had an attorney at the time who I'd shared with him what had occurred, and he was a top-notch attorney, IRS attorney. He said, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years, Laura. This is a tax case. People don't kill themselves. Um, over money, and little did he know um, that that was certainly what had happened. And so so nine months later, uh, my parents were discovered by some fishermen. Um, And at that point, uh, a battle ensued, and I actually uh, fought for their estate, and I won. And I came into millions of dollars. I had an energetic umbilical cord still attached to my father. I had learned how to trade in the stock market, and I continued to pursue that path and was trading in companies that I knew absolutely nothing about. Uh, The tech collapse happened. I ended up trading in the environment of stock. Would lose $20,000, $30,000, every half hour, and was just absolutely miserable. Uh, Eventually, I ended up losing most of the money that I had come into within, I would say, about a 10-month span of time. I had bought a home, which was now in, for, was in then, I should say, in foreclosure. I had uh, some property that I had purchased that was dealing with a forest fire. I was in an abusive relationship, and truly every single thing in my external world was crumbling around me, and I became deeply, deeply depressed. And I ended up entertaining the thought of suicide myself. And I held that, I would say, for a good solid two to three months, um, literally plotting the ways that I could uh, do away with myself and end uh, what felt like a very meaningless, one-dimensional experience. And I ended up um, choosing, which I realize now in retrospect, what seems to be, uh, what seems to me, as an inconsequential point. Um, Actually, now, as I continue my life, I realize that it was probably the greatest catalyst for my shift, and that is that I was honest and transparent with my best friend at the time, and I explained to her the pain in my heart. I told her what was going on for me, truly going on for me, and I reached out for help. And I'll never forget it was, such a poignant time, there were no words that she exchanged with me. Um, She literally just received me and saw the truth of who I was, saw my soul. I felt like I was actually witnessed in a way that I had never been in my life before. And I guess by today's standards, we would call it gazing. Um, But it it was just an incredible, incredible um, soul union and soul recognition for me. And it literally was this pinprick of hope in my heart uh, that I felt this true love. I felt just this love. And I remember leaving her side and going to sit down on my couch. And I looked on my coffee table, and there was a book that appeared literally out of nowhere. 
and it was on Chinese numerology. And I reached out and I opened the book out of just sheer curiosity and wanted to find out about my life path. And I didn't know anything about numerology. I didn't know anything about a life path. And I looked up that my life path was a nine. And basically the whole theme of my life was let go and let God. And I need to just point out that I was raised in an atheist family. Um, I I actually had an aversion to the word God. And so reading those words, even though they were very familiar to me on one level, um, they were also quite foreign. And I just continued to read through that first page, and the book summarized everything that had happened to me at that point in time, all of the monumental things that had happened to me. It said you may lose loved ones, you might lose money in the stock market, you might be dealing with a natural disaster, but if mm. you can learn to let go and surrender, your life will be filled with absolute incredible adventures, love beyond your wildest imagination. And Mm. I remember in that moment, I realized that I was more than just a human being and that there was a point to all of the pain that I had just experienced. And it felt as if there was this divine director and this choreographer that had staged everything for me, everything, everything, including my parents' past, everything that had taken place up until that point for me. And it was truly, I would say, my, my big aha moment of, of really, really, really feeling that there was something divine going on. And this was my divine drama that I had, even subconsciously or unconsciously, cast all of the characters that were in my life, including my parents, that they were the perfect candidates and the perfect characters for me and the path that I was on was absolutely perfect. And I began what I would say uh, was a very deep quest. Um, I didn't even know what prayer was. Um, I, I, should, I, should say, I should say that differently. I was praying, um, but I was praying with a specific agenda. I was praying with a place of, you know, please turn the stock market around. Um, please let this relationship not be <laughs> not be abusive anymore. I mean, it was very specific, and it was definitely orchestrated from my mind. And what I've moved into really understanding and realizing in my path um, since 1997 is really what that deep surrender is implying. And what it's implying is that deep letting go where I'm able to just open myself up to the infinite nothingness. And in that place of nothingness, um, something is always created that far exceeds what my mind can conjure up. And it far exceeds what I think is supposed to be happening in my life. And um, and I really moved into that state of, of, of what I refer to as the divinity consciousness. And, um, and and Mickey, my sweet brother, Mickey Willis, and I always talk about the power of shifting our perspective into really understanding that our lives are happening for us and not to us. And at that point on my, on my couch reading that book, that was, that was a huge shift for me to realize that everything had been happening for me at that time. That's so, a re- um, Yes, go ahead. That's a really powerful, you know, like epiphany and, and moment of expanded awareness. I mean, that's that's it just hearing you speak about it and I've heard your story before and I, I'm I'm as touched 
right now listening to it as I ever have been, um, just realizing, you know, the, the scope of what that moment meant to you is is just feels really big inside me. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It was huge, and and it and it was really truly from from that point of realizing that an aspect of me needed to die, an aspect of me needed to let go, an aspect of me needed to surrender, and I didn't even know to what. But I knew that whatever was going on for me was not working. It was not mm-hmm. working. And I knew that that path, and, and, and I even now I'm saying was not working, quote, unquote, um, because that kind of goes against what I was just sharing. You know, it, it all worked. It all worked for me to have that point of, um, quote, unquote, breakdown, to have the breakthrough that I had. So it truly was all working. And, and what I've really found is those irritants are actually guiding us to greater alignment. And that, that degree of irritation that I was feeling in my own heart of being on a path of, of inauthenticity and being on a path um, that, that was based and founded on, on just basically solely, and I say S-O-L-E-Y-L-E-L-Y, solely on material acquisition, um, devoid of wisdom, devoid of love, devoid of source connection, um, was false for me. And so, so, so my journey began um, of really just, and I have to just flash forward to, to just start to tie in um, for people how the universe set me up in the moments that I, that I surrendered. I had just a myriad of sponsors and ambassadors of well-being that showed up in my life. And I, I remembered I had a timeshare that I was actually <clears throat> selling in the process of selling, but I had banked some time. Um, which is so funny to say out loud, thanks sometimes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I went to this this um, this resort, and I remember standing out in the, the Caribbean Ocean, and I, I literally was so exhausted. And I just put my arms out and, and just outstretched. And this, to me, was, was the first time that I truly prayed. And I just said, Spirit, just use me. Just use me. Show me a sign. Give me an indicator. Something. Um, but I just totally surrender, and I'm and I'm open to be used. And I literally went back to the resort where I'd been staying. I was literally two days away from leaving the resort. Within 15 minutes, I was striking up a conversation with a man I found out to be an author, a grant writing author. And all of a sudden, he asked me, "What do you want to do with your life?" <laughs> and out of the blue, I said, I want to work with dolphins. Now, I had never really thought about that um, in that way. I want to work with dolphins. I didn't even know where it came from. And he said, oh, I should introduce you to my best friends. They're here. They have an environmental organization in Newport Beach. Struck up a conversation with them. Two hours later, they were letting me know they had a development director position open for me. Um, I, I went back home to Colorado. I ended up filling up a resume. I'd never even filled out a resume in my life sent it to them. They had stacks of people with biology degrees and people that were applying for the position, but they'd met me and they said, we were just so inspired by the passion that you had for our organization. We want to hire you. Um, so what that did is really put things into motion for me. And um, it was a sign, you know, it was like an energetic breadcrumb had been dropped and I, I picked it up and I went there and I ended up working for their organization uh, for a year 
and it was just it was just a beautiful beautiful next step for me <clears throat> um, to move out of my my previous experience. So many 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 more uh, countless countless stories I can share with you of what I call extraordinary tales in the ordinary. Um, but I do want to get back to your uh, original question, and that is how priceless arose out of this. Um, so so here again, there's been a, a very strong um, foundational point in my life, and that is uh, the subject of money. And uh, to pay the highest, highest tribute to, to my parents, um, to that lineage, uh, to, the, to, to, the, to the people that came before them, um, my, my highest, highest, highest aspiration is to facilitate a remembrance for people of how incredibly empowered they are of the actual tools that they have, their divine equipment that they have to create the life of their dreams and to restore in humanity a true, true sense of self-worth that is separate from their net worth. And for me, um, quite simply, that occurs when people are in an alignment with natural principles. The way that this universe is governed, the mechanics of this universe are absolutely divine and abundant. And every single human being and every single sentient being on this planet is intended to live the most incredible, thriving, abundant, vital, healthy, dynamic experience they can possibly create for themselves. Um, but the key is they have to be in alignment with it. And so that's really the premise of my um, reminders, I call them, because this is actually information that everybody is born knowing. The degree in which they've migrated from this truth is certainly what we discover on our physical trail and our path, and that's what keeps our lives interesting and dynamic. Um, it's what I refer to as our collective BS, which stands for belief systems. Um, but certainly that's, that's fear-based um, beliefs that are, you know, inhibiting a lot of people from really standing in their power. And I would say above all else, if we were to look at the seed of all war, <clears throat> all drama on this planet right now, it goes back to the core belief that there's not enough, that there's mm -hmm. not enough. And that's just simply not true. It's not true. And so, um, once again, I am deeply passionate and deeply inspired and find it my personal mission, and especially because I have this incredible, um, you know, story to share not only of, of my bouts of suicide, but also um, my parents and, and to pay the honest, you know, highest tribute to them and their choices. Um, you know, people are committing emotional suicide every single day about money, um, especially in this culture, you know. And so uh, I really, really, really want to um, not only revitalize the human heart, to return people to their hearts. Um, it's actually the source of our greatest abundance. Um, the heart is the first organ formed in our body, and I, I, I really invite that to be a reminder for people um, in terms of just, you know, the order of their life and the place in which they're choosing from on a daily basis. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm actually thrilled to be alive at this time. And you guys were speaking about the shift earlier. Um, the, the, the shift is just, it, we're only the second month into the, <laughs> the <year> 2012, <laughs> and it is 
the conversations that are happening and the heart connections and the authenticity and the transparency and people willing to, um, uh, you know, put their, not only put their mouth where their heart is, but put their money where their heart is and people willing to just really be on that path that you were witness to at, you know, the raw experience you were just at. I mean, quite simply, we're all being more raw than ever before. And Mm. um, it's, it's very inspiring. Very inspiring. So I really love all of this and it's it it just uh, I, I have a question. Yes. Um so here we are, two months into two thousand twelve. Um I only know what I'm um get to play with these days and the people that um come into my field and that I'm assisting, I'm I'm paying attention to what's going on with them. What I'm finding is, and I I liken it to we've got one foot in the old paradigm and one foot in the new paradigm um, because the new paradigm's not here yet and the old paradigm's not ready to be totally gone yet. And I'm seeing that it's bringing up uh, a lot of stuff for people because the the people that I've been drawn to most recently are really ready just to take their, their... their foot out of the old paradigm and put it with the other foot in the new paradigm, but it just doesn't quite seem like that's quite there yet. Um, and and part of it is is the whole financial thing that that is um, that that I'm referring to um, as as far as paradigms. Now you do um, quite a bit of one-on-one work and and then work with organizations, corporations, foundations. What what are you finding now? I mean, what are some of the the telltale signs that seem to be, um, you know, kind of a common denominator in uh, the interaction that you're having with people? Mm. <clears throat> well, just tell me a little bit more in what you're seeing between what would you define as the old paradigm and what would you define as the new paradigm? Okay. Um, good question. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. And and uh, my sacred union partner, Laura Eisenhower, and I uh, speak about this quite a bit because, you know, we're both on the the speaker circuit and conferences and festivals and all this. And and it's it's challenging for us at times to. Oh boy, this really uh it, I guess the the challenge um that I can speak most um coherently to if I can speak coherently at the moment would be <laughs> that um that that like how to write monetize what we do. Okay, so when I say write monetize, um I'm sure that's not quite the perfect way to do the terminology, but it's working for me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, like that that at the end of the day or in the moment we feel like it it's the right way and and what we're finding is we're bringing in money from other channels like i'm bringing in you know all sorts of money from from business consulting um and not from my what i is so beautiful that i get to do as dr dream and so for me, it, it maybe it's just uh, wow. This is um, I'm processing a little more than I planned on right mm-hmm. now, but possibly it's for me about um, maybe I'm not ready to let go of the old paradigm because it keeps showing up so, sort of fine for me, 
Mm. Um, and I guess that's why I was asking, like, what mm-hmm. kind of, you know, common denominator are you finding with the people that, that you're talking to? I know you do someday several sessions and, and you know, however that works. And, and so I'm just kind of sensing with the people that, that I'm with. I was with someone last night who's a, a fabulous um, designer of clothing and, and jewelry. Um, but I know it's real challenging for her. And part of the challenge for her is putting a price on it when it's, it's her sharing her energy um, and so, you know, it struck me last night and we had the conversation together about one foot in the old paradigm, one foot in the new paradigm, and that, you know, it's okay to put a price on it um, because it is an expression of what you do and you're still having to, you know, we, I, I can't yet pay my house rent with, you know, just going and hugging my realtor um, and things like that. And so, you know, I've still got to bring in, you know, all this money to sort of, you know, keep the boat afloat. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to thank you for processing because you're actually processing on behalf of the collective right now. You know that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just want to say that as a reminder, um, just like I do. And I, I, there's so often I'll have a personal experience um, that will give me a deep understanding and deep clarity. And that whole entire week, it'll be one of the primary themes in my sessions and in my coaching work and in my consulting work. So, um, so, 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 thank you for 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 being the processor <laughs> on behalf of the collective. So, so I, I do want to just ask again because I, I think it's important for me to just be clear. So, how what would you define as your old paradigm, and what would you define as your new paradigm? If you could just uh, summarize okay. that. So, to me, in the example as I've stated it, that I'm currently um, getting to play with, uh, mm. the old paradigm. Is whew, boy, this is, I really didn't plan on this, but I, I love this. I'm going with the flow. The mm-hmm. old paradigm for me is I bring in a tremendous amount of money, but it's not doing what I know I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thrilled that you know, as people are around me saying, "Oh, in this economy," and then they go into a negative, you know, spin on what's going on. I can stand mm-hmm. there and say, "Well, in this economy." I'm making more money than I've made in several years. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But the new paradigm that I am open to um, experiencing fully is that my, that there's, there, there is a direct energetic exchange for the play I do as Dr. Dream. And the majority of my time is, me doing what I do, playing my role for me and for the collective as Dr. Dream. And so my new paradigm would be, well, I should be financially or energetically supported, um, you know, doing that as opposed to the old paradigm, which is, you know, I mean, my my client is one of the wealthiest uh, women in the world and, you know, supports me fully but it's not my you know this isn't why i chose to be an embodied human at this time yeah and i should throw in one other thing i'm really hesitant to stir the pot too much so to speak because <laughs> i <laughs> what i don't want to have happen is all of a sudden I step out of what I refer to as my old paradigm, where this money's coming in for consulting work that's not truly what my mission is, mm. before 
the I I'm fully immersed in the new paradigm, which is Doctor Dream is being energetically supported um, by the universe, um, you know, for for what I'm doing on that level. And so that that's probably my mm. little presentation is like, gee, I realize it's not the perfect setup, or really, I I tend to realize in the moment it is actually the perfect setup, but mm. want to force a change because yeah, here I am again processing. I mean, it. It's going to take another big leap of faith in my life to, yes, to yes, yes, this change. Yes. Yeah, that was the word that just came up for me is faith and trust. Um, yeah. So, and, and it begs the deeper question of who's creating your paradigm. Well, if it's not me, then I'm in a whole load of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you know. Uh, the, the 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 next question I would just ask you is: Do you have a deep seated understanding of your value and your worth as Doctor Dream in terms of this new paradigm that you're stepping into? Do you have a Do you have a true sense within no, yourself? No, I do not. That? O- overwhelming sense in, in immediately when you asked the question was no, I do not. But I mm-hmm. do as a business consultant. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, what was the first that you don't have a clear sense of? I don't have a clear sense. I, I'm feeling that the way um, my experience is being reflected back to me, that I do not have a clear sense of my worth and value as Dr. Dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ouch. Yeah, beautiful. Well, beautiful, because guess what? Awareness is the greatest facilitator for change. So your ability to honestly say that to yourself is where the true shift, and actually you've just stepped into the new paradigm because you won't be able to go back. And here's, here's, here's a deep invitation for you, and I say this for the collective, because once again, what you are processing right now, you are doing on behalf of everyone. Everyone can put themselves in your place right now. You, you are asking this question on behalf of everyone, and it's a powerful one. And it's a question that, that comes up a lot for me. Um, in, I, I actually myself had to step into this deeper degree of faith at a very powerful turning point in my life, which I'll, I'll reflect on um, in a little bit. But to just go back to this, so, so just a practical, practical thing that I would invite you to do, I would invite any of the listeners that are, that are having the same um, divine experience right now, if you will, of really stepping into the truth of their gifts, their talents, their abilities, their brilliance. Um, the, the, the first thing that, that is, is really going to first need to be reexamined and strengthened is, is is looking at this word trust and faith. Mm. And so, um, you know, there's there's a lot of words floating around. And one of my invitations to people is that we no longer take Webster's words for things. <laughs> and that how we define words is how they are affecting our lives. And so you have the opportunity to create the dream dictionary, literally. And one of the invitations is to define the word trust. And, and really, what is it that you have trust in? So do you have a clear mm. sense of that? Do you have a clear sense of that? Um, and we, you and I can banter back and forth if you'd like, or I can, I can actually volunteer what I think we're being invited to step into greater trust. It's your call. Do you, want to, do you want to take a shot at answering what you think trust is? Um, <laughs> you know, this, this, you has, this whole show is taking a little bit of a twist Ooh. that I didn't plan on, and I didn't think I was going to bring you all 
I didn't think I was going to bring you all into Dr. Dream's rabbit hole tonight. Um, uh, well, um, what you're really, guide, what you're guide, really, guide you're, what you're, along, you're say again? Gu- guide me along. Take take me yeah, on a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and you're actually inviting people into the next dream reality. That's what you're doing by being, being the festival right now for this. So, so basically, <clears throat> Uh, in order to have trust and faith, I mean, here again, we can say trust and faith in what? Well, a lot of people can say just trust that it will work out. Just have faith that it will work out. Well, yes, it is all working out when we step into that place of divinity consciousness. But we can look around and see a lot of people with a lot of dreams that are not exactly manifesting their dreams. And let's take a deeper look at why that is. Um, there's, there's actually two core components, I believe, to trust. And I, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, um, and I will just say just for a moment that three years ago, I did not have enough money to pay for toilet paper, okay? Um, the reason for this is I was actually doing a lot of odd and end jobs, truly, and I was not honoring my gifts as a coach. And I was not honoring um, really the divine path or what we could call my dharma. And I, I literally got myself into a financial pickle. Um, that just happens to be that the way spirit articulates with me is, is through the energy of money. And I really got myself in a bind. And I ended up, once again, I don't know why, but a book appeared <laughs> out of nowhere. And this book... I actually just flipped into the middle of it, and it had a section that said if you had six months left to live, what would you do, where would you be, um, and essentially what would you be doing? And I remember once again I had gotten myself so misaligned, I was so exhausted, and I remember reading that and I thought, my God, if the doctor told me I had six months left to live, I would be relieved. In fact, I might even ask him, are you sure I don't just have three months left to live? And I remember reaching out to my dear friend, Derek Rydell, and just once again, choosing to be honest, choosing to be authentic. And I told him, I I mean, I was just exhausted. And I said, you know, I would just be relieved. And he said, okay, well, you're not going to actually do away with yourself and off yourself, are you? And I said, no. Um, I'd had some experiences since my parents died that really let me know that energy continues, and if we don't get it, quote-unquote, this time around, we'll get it next time around. So I knew that, quote-unquote, offing myself in the physical plane wasn't going to solve anything. And so I said, no, I'm not. And he said, so stay in this emotional place. What would you do? And it literally reminded me of that Tibetan thunderbolt of light and of clarity just coming through the top of my crown chakra, and I was like, Uh oh, my God. I would coach, and I would write a spiritual memoir about my life. And in that moment, it was just so crystal clear. And what I did after that phone call, and I was pissed off. I was pissed off at God. I was pissed off at spirit. I mean, ultimately, I was pissed off at myself. Um, but but I, I actually um, I made an agreement with spirit. And I said, if I'm to do this work, if I'm to do this path, I need to be supported, which means in this material realm, I need to receive money for what I do, and I want to thrive at what I do. Um, and, and so what occurred from that is I got all sorts of insights and divine realizations over the course of the next week, which helped me to do some, quote-unquote, marketing 
and I was able to draw in six to eight clients within that month, and I've been thriving at it ever since. And so um, there's 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 many things that occurred before that, um, which which I'll share if we have time. But I do want to get back to this trust and faith. So I want to remind you, and I'm going to speak to you directly because this is the way that I can um, uh, really, I think, feel the most supportive to the audience. Um, is is to really check in and, and remember that you have a gravitational pull to your consciousness, which we can sometimes refer to as the law of attraction. You are a vibrational being living in an energetic universe. You are attracting based on how you feel. So with that said, that partners with a deep, deep, deep understanding of what I refer to as the law of abundance, which means that there is an undercurrent. With all things being energy, there is a benevolent energy. Okay, This is the energy that is breathing you, it's beating your heart. It's the energy that created you in your mother's womb without her conscious knowing of it. It's the energy that you experience witness in nature. It's the energy that spins the earth perfectly uh, in perfect proximity to a life-giving sun. I mean, I truly could joyfully ramble for the next 45 minutes about this incredible energy that has been lifing you, that is lifing me consistently. And we can just, from deductive reasoning, um, really start to center in with, wow, this energy intends for us to thrive. Hmm. Here's the thing. This is where free will or what I call free won't comes into the picture, okay? For me to thrive in my personal reality, okay, and there's 7 billion simultaneous personal realities <laughs> happening at once, in my personal reality, I have to be in alignment with this law of abundance in order to feel its effect in my life, in order for that benevolent energy to be outpictured, to be evidenced in my life as a version of my heart's desires being manifest. How do I come in alignment with that? Through the placement of my attention. My attention is my greatest commodity, right? Because mm-hmm. my attention and what I'm attending to is being responded to by this universal manager of law of attraction. And it is aligning for me people, circumstances, events, and situations to validate my inner dialogue, whatever that is. And it will become real, quote unquote. I will see it out pictures. Whatever I focus on will show up in my life. So another way of framing this. Um, of, of course, that your, your, your consciousness has a gravitational pull to it, we come back to the subject of money. We come back to the subject of value. We come to the back to the subject of self-worth. We come back to your perception is creating your reality, right? Mm-hmm. My perception is not creating Dr. Dream's reality. <laughs> Yours is. And so what I, I want to just remind us all of, and I need these reminders constantly every single day, is that I have two choices. In, which how, in, in terms of how I choose to perceive my life. I can choose to perceive it through the lens of what I might call challenges, which means I decide to notice what isn't working in my life. I decide to notice um, where there are obstacles in my experience, in which case I will absolutely create pain and drama. That's how powerful I am. That's all courtesy of law of attraction, neutrally doing its job. I also have the choice 
to perceive my life through the lens of the greatest vibration we can offer, which is appreciation and possibility, which means that I can choose to focus what is working in my life, what is unfolding perfectly. And what I will create from that in my life is infinite possibilities and more to appreciate because what we appreciate, appreciate. Every single time we do that, it's like making a deposit in our vibrational escrow account and it will absolutely accrue over and over and over again. And magic will start to occur in our lives. So in this example, which you have so authentically shared with everyone in your old paradigm, new paradigm, I would invite you to look at it less as a paradigm and more as a perception. And Mm. noticing that your perception creates your reality, I would just invite you to consider regarding the subject of money. And we have basically four departments in our life in terms of what is our personal reality, what is outpictured in our life, what is evidenced in our experience, falls into the category of financial disposition, health and well-being, personal relationships and career. And so there's really two invitations here um, for you, and I will say the collective us right now. And that is, what is your perception of money? And more importantly, how would you even define money? Once again, no longer taking Webster's words for things. It is absolutely fascinating how many people make their choices from a five-letter word, M-O-N-E-Y, and they do not, they have not taken the time to define it. So a very, very important first step because how you define money is how it will influence your life. So that would be my first invitation. And then secondly, just to step into awareness again, which is really um, such an incredible gift, um, to step into the awareness of your experience exactly how it is. And truly, and I invite this for everybody, to be compassionate and loving as we shed some light on these areas. Just in our collective culture and our consciousness, um, you know, we've been indoctrinated to think of money as the root of all evil. Um, but we actually we have the opportunity now to shift that perception and to think of it as, as the root of all good. What could be created from that place, as an example? But to really start to unearth, pay cosmic witness to your life right now, to lovingly look at your experience around money and ask yourself, wow, am I clear? Do I know what money means? Have I defined it? Um, for most, maybe not, but it's an incredible opportunity to do so. But then once again, to just look at this basic template that's based in perception and take the subject as money and just acknowledge, hmm, for the most part, now we're not talking about perfectionism here. We're not talking about having to have 100% pure line thoughts all of the time. We're talking about the majority. There's a tipping point, 51% tipping point. There's something in physics called momentum. When we start to place our attention more and more and more on something, it will start to accumulate, right? Evidence will start to show up in our life, and the mind loves to see evidence. As soon as it sees evidence, it's going to restore the belief. Most people are living under the premise that, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. Life actually works the opposite of that. You will see it when you believe it. So in this, experience, in this example right now, as we look at the subject of, of money and financial disposition, and we step into awareness and we say, okay, so my perception regarding money, have I perceived what is quote-unquote lacking in my life? Have I perceived what I don't have? Or 
have I been appreciative of what I do have? And this is also an invitation for people to broaden the subject matter of money and actually open that up into a subject of what I would call abundance. What is abundance? For me, abundance is anything that promotes love and joy for me in my experience. I consider that abundance. And I consider that an an opportunity. Um, And so that gives me an opportunity to... um, It's like mental fitness, you know. It allows me an opportunity to go in and notice, okay, what aspects of my life right now are promoting love and joy? And aren't I incredibly abundant? Well, keep in mind, the energy of appreciation is certainly parallel to the energy of of abundance. And so quite simply, I want to offer a very simple formula for people. Um, When we keep our attention attuned to appreciation, we are actually in alignment with universal principles. Okay, and when we're in alignment with that universal principle, which is the law of abundance, we actually manifest abundance in our lives. So the Hmm. formula is very simple. Appreciation equals alignment, which equals abundance. Hmm. Yeah, and so so there's one example with the money piece, and then I also want to talk about the career and what what you were so generous in sharing. So I would just invite you to consider, and anyone else who's listening who's feeling that they have one foot in the old paradigm and one foot in the new, is to really, really get clear about what has your perception been around your money. I'm not around your money, I apologize, around your career and money. I've had a lot of clients speak and admit lately that they believe that they have to work hard to make money. Another belief has been that I actually have, I, I can only make money, or actually the, the, the clearer one is I can't make money doing what I love. I cannot make money doing what I love. Mm-hmm. And so you may have a variation of that. And I, and I do want to just um, invite you to just check in for a moment and, and share. Can you, can you think of what your, your perception maybe has been for you regarding Dr. Dream and the value exchange there? <clears throat> yes, I mean I. <laughs> uh, yes, here's here's I guess one of the things where I've come from. I some years back made a deal with Source or myself, um, mm. and what I <clears throat> goodness what I said at that time was, you know what I'm here to do. You know what my needs are. Please take care of me through whatever channels I've set up and give me that freedom to do what I'm here to do. Now, it becomes interesting because that is exactly what happened. I didn't say to myself or to source, as I'd like to take the pressure off myself sometimes, um, I didn't say, you know, the, the... what I am doing as Dr. Dream, you know, will be compensated directly or anything like that. And so, you know, I stepped up what I was doing as Dr. Dream. We've we've done 143 experiences in the last 26 mm. months. And in that time, my client has paid me eight to ten times more <laughs> than they ever paid me in the years before. And so it was fascinating to me because it was like, you know, I made this deal. I said, hey, you know, just take care of me. And and I didn't clarify it, you know, because I wasn't really thinking about it. I thought, gee, if if I'm just fully taken care of, which I am, 
you know, yeah. everything's fine. And so I'm not pushing yeah. money away. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it, but I'm getting it from a different place. And I think one of the things for me is common with people in um, that are awakened to a certain extent and are out there um, sharing the gifts they have to share. And that is I, at a certain point, made a conscious decision that what I do in my role as Dr. Dream is not based on money. That mm. I and I looked at some of the people in our industry, so to speak, and I <coughs> excuse me, what's that? I noticed that mm. these people that I really helped me get on my path and everything else, it seemed like now all they wanted was to get in my wallet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I said, I don't want to be those people. And I dropped mm. those people. I got off their lists and everything. And then I found myself in this situation where it's like, well, you are being taken care of, but you, you, you don't want it to be that way anymore. And and so this is, obviously, tonight's broadcast is part of my process in shifting my attention, intention, and my, my energy. Beautiful. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, so that 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 was actually what was just really coming in so strongly as you were saying. I don't want to be those people. So feel the energy that's between behind that. And one of the things that I am finding right now, and this is for for what I would say as light workers, for the evolutionary leaders, for for all of humanity right now, but especially the people that are doing this awakened type of work is that we are actually the embodiment, outrageously successful as the embodiment of source energy or what we could call pure consciousness. And the reason for this is because part of the old paradigm and part of the reason that people have sort of pushed away um, the sort of what we could just laugh and call woo-woo, um, woo-woo work and all of this, is because it exemplified, um, well, if you do all of that, you're actually broke. You know, we don't really see many people that are in that type of a, a work that are actually thriving, okay? But more so than ever, this is what I think we're being invited is to stand in this material experience, um, really being a representation of that pure heart, of that pure consciousness, but really allowing ourselves to be abundant in all ways, to be the example of that. Um, and to really merge what I would say spirit and matter, to be true shaman, because that's really what we're being called here to do. And so I would just say, because I can't, you know, let this one go, <laughs> is I would invite you to make a new vow, if you're willing, as to the type of man and the type of businessman that you choose to be. Because I heard very strongly what you didn't want to be, and, and I would just love to hear what that is for you now. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> wow. So <clears throat> the uh, the feeling or where my um, attention and perspective is moving to is that I allow myself to be, I, I, I allow myself an energetic exchange that feels right, 
for all mm-hmm. that I do on on any level, whether it's Dr. Dream business consulting or anything else that I do. And I I think that for me being a little bit put on the spot and I God, I love you so much for this, Laura. Um mm-hmm. really is is the best that I can put my finger on in this moment mm-hmm. and it feels it feels like mm-hmm. um it feels ex- more expansive, certainly mm-hmm. more expansive than what I said mm-hmm. before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the deeper invitation for, I think, all of us is to actually use the word money, to not allow the word money to intimidate us and to really, I mean, yes, money is an energetic exchange. Unless, and let's just go back to the roots of money. Uh, it was created um, for ease, so we weren't schlepping goats on our backs in exchange for spices, right? I mean, money... Um, is, is absolutely energy. It's green energy. And for me, I use it in exchange for what I value, um, and I also eagerly receive it for my offering and what I feel are my gifts and talents. And so going back to the piece earlier about really feeling into the worth of what you and what all of us have to share is an incredible invitation um, to write our own energetic energetic resume, if you will, and to really be very clear about my gosh, what do I have? What do I have to offer? Um, I'll just I'll use myself. I'll put myself on the spot um, of the process that I went through. Um, you know, God, there was a period of time there where it was it was all I could do to ask for fifty dollars. You know, to to receive for for sitting with someone for an hour and routing them back to their heart giving them the strength and the conviction, or not me giving it to them, but facilitating for them um, that inner strength and to allow them to remember how incredibly powerful they are through the use of their hearts and their minds. And over a period of time, I realized that I'm actually doing an incredible disservice to what it is that I'm doing by not asking um, for money for what I'm worth. And that that sets a template into place. And that sets an energetic example. Um, that, that, that sharing love and perpetuating love and promoting people choosing from their hearts and promoting, promoting empowerment isn't worthy. And I really had to check into that. And, I mean, it was a dance for me. I mean, I bounced all over from $25 an hour to $1,200 an hour. <laughs> you know, that's just a, an example of the vacillation and contrast that I went through in myself to support me with my, my newfound clarity, but it's, it's been a dance. And I'll tell you what, we're all on vibrationalmatch.com, and in the moment <laughs> that you get into that place in your heart of really, really feeling the value of what you bring to people, and I've, I've been in the experience of Dr. Dream and that, that galactivation that you offer people, and it is profound. It is life-changing. And, and, I, I, and I promise you, because I've been in this experience myself, that in the moment that you fully, fully, fully feel that and start to really joyfully rampage in your head about getting into the hearts of those that receive, you know, and feeling how their lives are affected and the ripple effect that that has. You know, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It just keeps on, keeps on giving. Those energetic repercussions in people's lives of how you touch their heart, that is so incredibly valuable. And I would also just touch on this point, too, is that it, we're not empowering others if we don't ask for what we're worth. Because then we're almost implying that our clients or the people that we have the privilege of touching their lives 
don't, can't manifest money and can't be abundant and can't actually come into the monies that are needed to actually pay for what they find to be valuable. So it's, a, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting dichotomy that that creates in that space. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I and I do want to offer, and, and this came up for me as I was listening to you, and, and it's something that I've been sharing with some of my clients recently, which has been very life-changing for them, um, is to do what I call a perception exercise. And that is to just center in in a time of silence and just be really honest and candid with yourself and, and just really check in. And, and you shared this so beautifully, um, Dr. Dream, when you said, wow, okay, so this was my vow that I made with Source. And my God, that's exactly what I got. Those are powerful connection points because, you know, oftentimes people bypass and overlook how powerful they are when they only notice the things that they've created that they like and they're pleased with. But if you start to connect the energetic dots and you go, wow, yeah, so that was my perception, and look at what I created, how powerful I am, and you don't just focus on the aspects of your life that are pleasing, it's very empowering to center back into that. And so to go into a perception exercise of taking those four departments in your life. Now, some people may be really feeling the flow. They may feel that things are really thriving for them and and will say their personal relationships or in their career. But in the subject of money, um, maybe not so much. That's an opportunity to go, okay, what has my predominant perception been? What has been a belief, a core belief that I have held around that? And so maybe an example would be, um, I, can't, I can't make money doing what I love. So this perception exercise would begin by stating, my perception creates my reality. Um, now, you really have to have a foundational understanding of that in order for this exercise to be powerful. So if there's any place that anybody doubts that their perception is creating their reality, um, you might want to, once again, do those, do those um, connections between what is your physical experience right now? In other words, what is outpictured in your life? Because our results, otherwise known as our personal reality, don't lie. Those are beautiful divine reflections for us as to where we place the majority of our attention. And so the exercise will begin, my perception creates my reality. So that's reaffirming our power to create through the placement of our attention. My perception creates my reality. Okay, my perception was um, I can't do work that I love and make money. And to notice, wow, okay, how did that outpicture itself? How has that become my reality? Amazing. And to actually center into some gratitude, it might take a moment, the initial, you know, egoic responses, you know, God, I did that. But then to go into, wow, I did that. So my perception creates my reality. So what is my newfound perception? How would that actually serve me? And on that note, I want to just touch upon, um, and once again, you gave this beautiful example, which is, is, is so strong right now in the field right now. And that is, I don't want to be that. I don't want that to happen. And, and what I have found is that our knots get us into energetic knots. And there's this incredible thing called contrast. Um, that we've all been given, and we're experiential beings. We have to have an experience in order to, I would say, learn, but to make, I would say, a higher choice for ourselves. And so contrast is as simple as walking into Ben and Jerry's 
um, and sampling pistachio ice cream and sampling chocolate ice cream. That's contrast. Life is dishing us up a myriad of flavors, and the purpose of that is so that we can decide our own personal, our own personal preference. And so in the experiences that we've been having, which includes the experience of, for me, I was doing all this other side work, not really doing what I truly loved, which is my coaching, I created an experience of a lot of lack and scarcity and pain and drama. And what I actually learned from that is it was an incredible impetus for me to step into the ultimate richness of my life, which is to share my talents and my gifts. But if I hadn't had that extreme contrast of such severe depression, not being able to afford toilet paper, I wouldn't have been routed or realigned. That irritation wouldn't have brought me into the alignment of, okay, wow, so really what, it is, what is it that I'm here to do? And I want to make this mention, too, whatever comes easiest to us is actually where our greatest abundance resides. And it's the opposite of what our minds um, want to believe because especially in this culture, you know, nose to the grindstone, pound the pavement. Um, There's something very, very divinely simple, pure and true about easy does it. And the more I get into that place of ease and the more I feel into that flow, which is where my heart is alive and activated, I have attracted amazing abundance. And I should flash forward to my current life because I don't know if I did, but I am literally living the life of my dreams right now. I live in this incredible estate filled with, I think we're up to 18 amazing heart-centered community members known as Elevate. I'm surrounded by love and beauty, honestly, beyond what my, my wildest imagination, and I can dream big, um, could have conjured up. It's like spirit wove every single one of my heart's desires into the fabric of this existence. And about Three months ago, I started to say to people, when they'd ask me how I was, I'd say, I'm fantastic, and I could really resonate with how you started out the show tonight, because you were just so energized from your weekend, and it's just like this incredible life, and I said, I'm fantastic, I'm amazing, and it'll get better. I just started to do that as an experiment. I was like, and it'll get better. And, it, you know, I also love to seeing people's responses from that response. What has managed to get better? What has managed to get better? And so, you know, I, I, I hope that this is the, the bits that I've just been sharing has, has been specifically helpful to you. I might have, you know, thrown out a lot of things all at once. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there, but I, I start going off when I feel the excitement. So. <laughs> this was exceptional. Um, I have to chuckle um, a little bit, and, and maybe at this point, Thank everyone for being um, for showing up for my session with you or your session oh. with me. <laughs> but you know what I love about tonight, Laura? I it it really gives people an idea of of not just your story, which is you know a very important foundational piece, obviously for who you are and what you're doing. But it what we've gone through tonight, no matter how uncomfortable I got and was choking and coughing, you know, when I haven't been coughing at all today because um, I'm putting myself through the ringer a little bit, really gives people a feel for how you approach um, interaction and, and, and your perspective. And it's, you know, this is something I've been um, playing with for a little while now. Mm. And what I've gained 
you know, tonight that I had no idea. I mean, I knew I would gain, you know, some really positive, beautiful energy. I had no idea that, you know, here I was going to be processing, you know, some of my biggest stuff at the moment. And so I just, um, I, I'm, you know, I don't hold back from sharing, you know, what goes on with me because truly, um, it's all I really can share. Um, and so it, it, it has caught me off guard a little bit, but really a valuable, um, a valuable exercise. And, and as I say, just, just really gives people that feeling of, you know, wow, Laura Fredrickson, I, I think I need to call her or, you know, set up, uh, something with her. And, and so that is incredibly valuable outside of what's taken place just for me tonight. I have to apologize to Ilya, who, um, you know, hasn't really gotten a word in edgewise. <laughs> so. Oh, it's fine. I, I was just honored to um, be present on this phone call and be present for, for your transformation. It was truly a blessing. So thank you, Laura, for mm. being that catalyst for Dr. Green. Mm. I'm... I'm I'm so touched. I'm so I call Dr. Dream Dreamy, so I'm just gonna be fully transparent there. I'm so touched, um, just dreamy with your just heartfelt being a heartfelt huh, willing participant. I mean, you know, I, I we all set our intentions before the call to just be um open channels and conduits for the highest outcome and so um thank you for facilitating that for all of us. Truly, um, it was uh, certainly you know I just I just moved where the energy was, and I, I say again that you speak on behalf of I would say probably the core listeners right now in some way, shape, or form. They can relate to what you have been so willing to share so purely from your heart, and so I'm 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 deeply deeply humbled to be a divine reflection for you. And um, I just, I believe in what you do so much, and I love you so much. And I'm, I, um, I intend for everyone to step in from, from this conversation and just really, truly find that, that deep residency of, of, of the worth of themselves with that capital S and just, we're such incredible human beings, and the gift of our lives are so profound. And at the time of quickening, it's it's um, it's it's more vital than ever before uh, that we listen to our hearts and we honor our hearts and we reach out for help and we become authentic with each other and with ourselves. and And thank you for for being such a representation of that um, tonight, Dr. Dream. Mm, thank it's you really so beautiful. much. Laura, I really, yeah. really appreciate this. Um, I would like for you to share with us how we can find you, website, um, anything coming up in in your world that, that we should know about. Just um, what, what do you got going on and, and how do we connect <laughs> with you after this broadcast? Oh, thank you. You can reach me at Laura at PricelessUniverse.com. I also have another site called My Life is Priceless that is going to be a personal representation. I mean, it's all personal, but a very personal representation of uh, the launch of my documentary uh, called Priceless. It's a nine-minute doc that my 
uh, sweet soul brother Mickey Willis of Elevate uh, did for me. I'm going to do a viral launch of that to bring hope and relief to people that are experiencing um, financial, uh, quote-unquote, ruin right now and are ready for some major breakthroughs. So that's going to be launching at the end of this month. Um, So I'm excited about that. And just embarking on a global speaking tour to once again remind people of their self-worth beyond net worth. Hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have a quick question. Um, are you going to be um, in a session tomorrow at 1 o'clock? Am I going to be in a session tomorrow at 1 o'clock? <laughs> hmm. I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm I'm going to be floating by uh, the estate tomorrow. Oh, perfect. Uh, around 1 o'clock. I'd love uh, to be able to just connect and, and give you a oh, hug. And so I'll just put fun. that out there. Thank you. It would be my honor to see you and please you. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for for being with us this evening, for sharing your energy, for, I mean, just being you, Laura. And um, you are truly a gift um, for anyone that that comes into contact with you. And um, you have inspired me. You have affected me on the deepest levels from the moment that I first met you. And... um, just tremendous gratitude and appreciation and love and respect for you. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Thank you so and much. And thank you as well for me. I'm also deeply honored that you are here incarnate on this planet, being an amazing reflection for all beings. And this is just the beginning. And so mm. there we go. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, both of you. Beautiful. Um, I do want to mention one more thing. Uh, we've got um, another great guest uh, coming up next week. We're just finalizing the details. We'll be posting that soon. Um, also, I did a project with ITOM Lab, uh, an amazing DJ based in Los Angeles. His album comes out, his CD, I guess, album, I just dated myself, comes out in a couple of weeks, and there is a track <laughs> on there called Dream Step with um, spoken word from Dr. Dream and whales and tuning forks and dolphins and other uh, aspects of ITOM's magic. And so we'll get that out to you and just tremendous love for all of you, your role in your lives and in my experience. And I thank you and please join us next week. Thank you all. Blessing. Good night, everyone.